0: Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will have part two of our discussion with very worshipful brother Zane McCune of Verity Lodge number 59.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at TheWorkingToolsPodcast.com
0: dot com. Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast. We have three quarters of all usual hosts with a uh, worshipful brother Jared Dunham from Penticton number one forty seven in Penticton, British Columbia. Very worshipful brother David Colbeth from Kings Hallman number sixty in Auburn, Washington. And I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of Mill Creek number two forty three, and we meet in Montlake Terrace, Washington. And uh, Steve, unfortunately, couldn't be here this evening with us. And uh, we have a, a Steve surrogate, though. We have a very worshiped brother, Zane McCune, who is a member of Verity Lodge number 59 in Kent. And uh, if, as I'm sure you all heard in part one of our interview with uh, Zane, we have a he is a member of Verity Lodge, like I said, which is trying to be more intentional and observant in their practice of masonry. Um. So one of the areas that we, we discussed a bunch of things last time, one of the things I don't think we really touched on is, and I'm curious to know, do you guys have a, a, a dress code? Is there a, are you have expectations of, of your officers and your <laughs> visitors and such?
2: Yeah. So so that's that's a good question. I spent a lot of time listening to your your dialogue about, about dress. And so, yes, we have a dress code for the officers in our lodge uh, for tuxedos, Um you know, it's tuxedos, white gloves. It's really formal. We don't expect that of the of the um, of the brothers. We tell them dark suit, dark suit and tie. And um, again, you know, we would never turn away a brother who was who was frankly in any dress, um, especially if it was a guest. He he might not know the you know the protocol. We've been reached out to by by people that are visiting and they want to stop by. Well, we're not going to tell them go you know go buy a suit. Just like yeah, come to lodge but i would say that i think about dress in the in the observing the craft as again that recipe it's that recipe item so what is your dress and i think of a i think of a team basketball team football team little league team they all have the same uniform what is that uniform for your team because it goes a lot into the identity of of you know you know, being a member of the lodge. So it's, if, if, if you're a member of a lodge who does, you know, the lodge polo and, you know, slacks. Okay. That's, that's fine. I'm, you know, that's the whole thing. It's, it's when, um, you know, I think there's another lodge in our district that um, might be associated with like, uh, you know, railroad and they have, you know, shirts that are, uh, like railroad conductors David tell me if I'm wrong on that if you remember what I'm talking about
1: yeah St. Andrews had they don't do them as their regular uniform but they do have for a their railroad they do a railroad degree or whatever around railroad night they have those yeah costumes if you will yeah I
2: was thinking of the one way up north um um uh towards Sky komish think that's yeah. the one I was thinking of yeah uh we've got a lodge that has a lot of brothers that are Filipino and they wear They wear the barong and that's their, that's their uniform. So I, our lodge has said, yes, let's do tuxedos. Um, It's not an expectation for every single person that's there. However, I'd also say that, um, uh, you know, when a new guy, you know, when a guy buys a brand new tuxedo, because he comes in and he's like, notice anything different, you know, like, he's sort of like waiting for it's like, dude, you look really sharp. He's like, yeah, it's a new tuxedo might be the first tuxedo he's ever owned. You know, and that's really cool. And maybe it's the first dark suit that he's ever owned. Um, And um, so that's, that's, that's really, that's really cool to see. But I would actually say just taking a step back that it's, it's more about what the what's the team uniform and how is your lodge? What's the intention behind the dress? And that is really, I think the point to that, that whole chapter, at least that's, that's my read on it.
1: Yeah. We tell guys, you don't have to go out and buy a thousand dollar suit, you know, mm. to, it, it, just, you know, there, there's lots of options out there for attire. Lots of, yeah. options. I mean, I, I have to tell a story when I joined mainstream I had a black double breasted suit and I put a bow tie on and white gloves and magically shiny shoes. And it looked. You know, you could mistakenly think it was a tux. Yeah. And then, then a couple of years later, I end up getting a, a striped pant, you know, a tuxedo pant to to supplement that. And then look even more like a tux. Right. And when I went to the East, then I actually spent the money and got a tux jacket. So then I had yeah. a tux. And now that's yeah. just that's just my, I wear it every meeting. I wear it almost everywhere I go, even to the other visit lodges. That's just my attire. And we I get a-, a lot of use out of it.
2: Yeah. We had a guy, so he's, he's, he's not new. He's been a member several years, but he'll be going in as junior warden next year. So he was like, I really wanted to, you know, I went out and bought the tuxedo. So this last Friday was his first time wearing it and he looked super sharp. A girlfriend said he looked, you know, handsome and all that. And I've heard that, you know, time and time again. And, you know, there is something about dressing your best. I think Jared talked a lot about uh, back when you guys did this actual, you know, chapter in the uh, earlier, a couple months ago, um, you know, about dressing your best, and whether that was Sunday best or how will we define that? We like the classic look, but I, again, I wouldn't hold another lodge to that um, same dress code. It's whatever their team uniform is.
3: Yeah, when you wear nice clothes, you feel better about yourself. You act differently. I um, say it's it's weird because up, up here, it would be odd to see a, a lodge not in. Where at least the, where at least the officers aren't in tuxedos and everyone, almost everyone up here wears a tuxedo. Yeah. Yep. Like it it actually, it it would, I can, I can remember my first time going across the border to a lodge down there and visiting and we showed up in our tuxedos and everyone kind of looked at us like we were, you know, when, you know, where's the funeral and we're like. This is how we go to this lodge. This is how we
2: dress. And and uh, I think you guys also spend a lot of time talking about like, well, you know, I don't have time to go home and change into a tuxedo. And go, we have, I don't know how many guys just, they've got their suitor, they have their tux, they go into the back room and change. Boom, they're in a tux. It's not that hard. It takes five minutes to change. So it doesn't really matter what you wear for work. If you forgot it, you're still going to come to lodge. Brothers are still going to be happy that you're there. That's not really the point so it's yeah the whole attention. yeah it's it's again it's, you can really kind of go back to that what's the intent for the you know for the dress code um and um the other thing we do uh just for fun i'll just mention this i'm talking about dress and then we'll talk a little maybe kind of circle back on some ritual things but um on the master mason degree you know there's a lot of brothers who are grand lodge officers we've got of course the whole slew of officers and past this and all of that in our lodge but on a master mason degree we all have said we're wearing our white apron so the whole lodge room has white gloves tuxedo or black suit the white apron and it looks and and frankly um that's how we ran that for that is how we've run that for a long time um we'll probably be let's see i guess The dress for the second section of the third degree, (laughs) I think we'll, we'll, there'll be a little more um, in 2024. We'll do, um, we have costumes for a couple of the characters, but uh, that we're going to round that out in, in next year as well. So anyway, again, there's some probably go back to the first comment of this. is. It's always a work in progress. There's always, you know, your lodge Astro that you can be working on. So, What's the feedback look? Like, why are we doing this? What's the intent behind it? Uh, it's not like a one and done kind of a thing.
1: When when you were we were talking about the different senses and the the idea of the we talked a little bit about chamber reflection and around the idea of it, but there's some things that occur in the chamber reflection but also carry over into lodge like the lighting as an example. It's yeah the the lodge room is generally dark lit and and. Andrew talks in the book about how it's not the brightness of the light. It's generally the opposite. It's the darkness of the light that is almost more important to cause you to focus on what's happening or where the light is Yeah, and chamber reflection does that as well, but in the lodge room. So, how, how did you, I remember the first time, I'm sure I stole it from you, but the first time I went and came back to my lodge and said, Oh, we're going to have our lights down. And we turn the lights down and try to get people aware like here i'm stepping from the outside into the lodge room it's a different scene different setting yeah and i know one of my past masters immediately went over to the t- why is the lights off i went over and turned them back on yeah and i said what are you doing i turned went to turn them off and not even five minutes later somebody else went in to turn it back on again
2: yeah
1: you know yeah. I, I guess like you said there's this, when the lodge and as a whole makes that direction then maybe those guys won't be part of the lodge at that point but
2: it was more of a conversation within, like, here's what we're doing. So these are the, we, um, we, we, we kind of we refer to those as elements. So what kind of elements are we bringing into the lodge? So and right, Andrew talks about, you know, the five senses. So uh, this is certainly one of those five senses. But but um, but the lighting also can kind of create. I think you alluded to this it can kind of create the the mood or 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 mode even really. So on open. So we all talked about it as this officer group, like, this is what we're doing. And so this is what the opening is going to look like. Um, we're also going to have music. We're also going to have incense going. There's When you walk into the lodge room, it's going to smell a certain way. It's going to look a certain way. You're all dressed a certain way. And when you walk in, it's, I don't want to say it's game time. I just want to say it's like you're put into that um, state of being. It's lo- It's time for lodge. And so that's a distinct separation from, you know, maybe the dining room that's a little brighter and everyone's having conversation and, and whatnot. But when the idea is that when you walk, walk in the lodge room, you know, it's not just a different time, it's also a different, a different space. And so lighting was certainly one of those elements, as was uh, incense um, and music. And music's one of those things that, having been the musician in my lodge, having been a grand musician, I know the importance of music in, in a Masonic setting. We don't have somebody that plays piano right now. So we have recorded music and our, our, we have a past master who runs that and um, we, we keep it respectful. We keep it, um, um, you know, sort of on point, certain kind of music that would be included in a particular meeting. This isn't pop music or things like that. This is, you know, recorded nice music. But it's also music that we wouldn't have if we just had a piano either. So last week, or last Friday, we had Jeremy Yielding was giving uh, his presentation on uh, Mozart, and the symbolism of Mozart and the Magic Flute. So we had Mozart, you know, music going on as part of the uh, Lodge Room dining experience and then also in the Lodge Room as well. And so it was just kind of a, you know, fun way to sort of make a, you know, a little bit of a nod to the, the theme of that night you know, based on the presentation, but um, you wouldn't be able to have a Mozart, you know, piece by, you know, I mean, you could have a piano player because they knew we're really proficient, but you know, your your average pianist probably can't recite everything from Mozart. So that was actually kind of cool to have that. So I think recorded music is just fine. Was it great to have live music? Sure. But I'd take recorded music over no music just because it's better than nothing. So.
1: And of course, we talk about the ritual being that one of the elements that helps us to transform from the profane to our lodge experience and, and to set our mind right, but the, all those settings, all those senses, are important, of course. And one of the things that we, we were commenting in the blue room beforehand was my uh, disdain's a strong word, but the that the there <laughs> the, 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 I went to another another lodge when I first experienced it was uh, Crucible at yeah, Crucible, who doesn't exist anymore. Interestingly. Yeah. And they were, they were a very, I would say almost more TO true TO. I would, I would anyway, they, I wasn't ready for it, but they had a moment of silence. It wasn't true meditation. I wouldn't say it was just a moment of silence and they didn't give any direction or any warning or any, I, I and so my, my, instead of being intentional, my mind immediately started racing about all these things and other things and then I got upset. I became upset. Like, why didn't, you know, you shouldn't have led me into this. Uh, so I understood what I'm supposed to be doing here. And yeah, might have been my own fault. But I know that you, in Verity, in your opening, you have a moment of meditation. You have somebody lead that. And uh, it, it's an interesting session. We're, we're still trying to work that out. <laughs> I, I I
2: We all like the idea. But to kind of how to lay that into the, the meeting correctly. Yeah. But I'll just say when, so when that finally goes, so what'll, there'll be some, guided meditation, which were, I think could be refined, let's just say, sure. but then there, then there's this moment where it's until the sound of the gavel in the East, when that's said, there's usually about a minute that goes by until the worship master. Now what we do, so just to be really clear, this is done before we wrap the gavel and open. Right. So we haven't interjected anything into the standard work right we're all sitting there and this really what you know so we have that minute and i have really as i've really appreciated that minute and i take time to breathe and i focus and i don't really worry about the next thing i'm gonna do with secretary but i try to get my head into the right headspace and even if it's just for a minute it's like this little breather i think jared has you know commented about how busy the dinner before a lodge meeting can be and everyone's pulled in different directions and it's a little bit chaotic and um and it is and as secretary it's even more chaotic so like just to even have a bit of a breather between you know the dinner and when we're all sitting down and when we actually start
3: right and like I like that idea because in our lodge there's always a bunch of people milling about in the lodge room itself for 15-20 minutes before the lodge meeting starts and so it's it's kind of chaotic and No one more often than not, the master will wrap to start the meeting, and it'll take about two or three of them before everyone starts cluing into the fact that we're trying to start.
2: Right. Having
3: having that moment of reflection and meditation beforehand, you know, I, I, I like that idea because it gets people calmed down and ready and in a mind and a mood to get to the business of the lodge.
2: Yep. And that's and that's um to the to maybe to that point. Whatever your lodge room looks like before the actual meeting starts, when we if we can get in there ahead of time and dim all the lights down and get everything ready to go, it's hard to be kind of it's counterintuitive to walk into a room that's a little darkened with incense and 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 that's quiet with has some nice quiet music playing in there and walk in and be boisterous. So we've tried to keep the lodge room like that while we're, you know, dinner is different. That's fine, but we're trying to keep the lodge room. Uh, in a certain you know state uh prior to when people walk in but yeah um yeah i appreciate your point and thank you um dave I think you were going to ask a question were you uh did you want to talk about the chamber reflection or um
1: yeah well yeah we could certainly talk about that a little bit i the he, he certainly feels that that's an important piece to the, the, the experience and I've kind of waffled a little bit on uh, whether it's before the first degree only or all degrees or any degrees, or uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still, we, we talk about it even in our situation, what we're trying to consider, but implementing it properly and how will it really tie in? And is it just the first degree or so lots of questions there?
2: Yeah. And I, I think I remember you guys having this debate just on the show about you know, would you have it before the third degree? Would you have it before the, like, when is the appropriate time to do that? And th- those are good questions to ask. Like that debate, you know, in an office, this was an officer meeting. You'd, you'd come up with a, something to agree on. This is why you're doing it. And then you would enact on it in the lodge. So that's the same kind of dialogue that would happen in, a, in an officer's meeting. So we put a lot of thought into the way we run the ritual for a conferral. Because it's a it's a big night, and it's and we've always approached it that it's it's a night for the candidate, but it's not just for the candidate. It's also for the lodge. We have a lot of guys that are stepping up into new parts. Maybe he's conferring the degree for the very first time. We don't have the same people doing all the same parts. We're taking every conferral as an opportunity to click guys through the different, you know, the different seats, and and that's how we build out that you know that bench strength. So it's an opportunity for the candidate, it's an opportunity for the law, it's opportunity for you know uh the lodge as well to have a, a real solid shared experience. So um, you know, we have a practice before each of, each of the degrees, and that's because even though the lodge itself has done lots of fellowcraft degrees, that lineup has not done lots of fellowcraft degrees, and everyone is in a new part. So let's walk through it and make sure that everybody know, understands what it is. Um, We also don't hold dinner before the degrees. And I'll get to your chamber reflection, you know, question just a second. But we also don't have dinner before the degrees. We want the candidate to arrive and experience being on site without having any interaction with anybody. And we start our degrees an hour earlier than we would normally start our stated meeting, because we're serving dinner after. I think you guys have talked about like, well, if we do dinner afterwards, it's so late. So the way we got over that was we just started our special meetings an hour earlier, six thirty instead of seven thirty. So, um, so the candidate arrives. The lodge is already in the, di- the lodge is already in the lodge room, but we haven't opened yet. We're just se- segregated from the candidate arriving, and then he's directed back into the preparation room where he. Um, is asked to spend time in the chamber of reflection. So, so we've come to that topic now. <laughs> I would, I, I, my guess is that there's maybe five lodges in Washington that run one. That's my guess. A true chamber of reflection. I don't. I, I think it's a, it's a worthwhile endeavor because what you're really doing is you're putting the candidate <clears throat> um, in solitude for a period of time. For him to reflect and there's nothing wrong with that in fact that's actually a really good thing for him to be him to be doing now what's in that room and what you ask him to do is could vary you know maybe you just have him sit in the preparation room quietly and reflect on the step that he's about to take it's not necessarily a chamber of reflection it's you know per se but it's a moment for him to you know either read the question maybe that the lodge is asked of him why do you intend to take this step or what are you leaving behind or what do you you know what do you hope to learn in our law in our uh, we have some specific questions that we ask him to complete um, in writing in our chamber reflection but you can almost do whatever you want as long as you put some some thought and intent behind it. But there's nothing wrong with asking the candidate to spend some time in solitude reflecting on the step that he's about to take. And then the degree begins, and and it's a moment for him to separate the, you know, the rat race and the, the, the commute down to the building and, you know, the stress from work before he, you know, officially starts, you know, the conferral process, um, the chamber of reflection with the skull and, and the symbols and everything like that for any lodge that really wants to do that. You know, we've coached some other lodges through that as well. But again, it has a lot to do with why are those items in there? What do they represent? And there's no expectation on our part. I think this was one of the, the little bit of the dialogue you guys were having about chamber reflection. There's no expectation on our part that the candidate understands what's in front of him. So it's not like, oh, you go through all three degrees. Now you understand some of the stuff, and now you get a chamber of reflection. That's not the that's not the intent behind it. He's going to get presented with lots of things. He'll uncover as he goes through, at least our discussion about the first degree, what those things in there represented. But a lot of it is alchemical illusion. Like, what is, uh, um, you know, what does this tarot card of the fool represent? What does salt sulfur and mercury represent and so he's going to learn about those not in the degree because that's not part of our standard work but he'll learn about it over the course of the next couple of months and just lodge discussion before he takes his fellow craft degree
0: it's a hazmat situation that's what that is what, what's nice that song. yeah right <laughs> salt sulfur and mercury that sounds like a hazmat situation to me oh, <laughs> so I have a big pet peeve
3: Fire away. and i'm going to bring it up because it it, it kind of lends itself into the idea of the chamber of reflection how do you how do you handle chamber a chamber of reflection if you've got multiple candidates
2: great question they all pile in there no they don't
3: <laughs> like do 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 you guys actually do multiple
2: candidates uh we will uh not no not at the same time no
3: yeah like so, that,
2: that's what i mean like do you do, like no but like do
3: you run multiple people through the degrees
2: We will run multiple people through the degrees sometimes, but everything is done individually. So it makes for a longer night. So while the first candidate, so the we and we schedule them. So the first, and we know how long the degrees takes. So that's not hard. So you you run the candidate into the chamber of reflection. He spends his time, or even if you don't have a chamber of reflection, a moment of solitude, you could even say more generically, a moment of solitude. Let's say that. Um, And so he's doing that. And then the degree begins. And then he's brought into the lodge room and then into the lodge degree at some point in time, the next candidate will arrive and he's having his own unique experience. And the only time they ever connect is at the, as um, at the lecture, at the, the, the you know, the, the entered apprentice lecture at the end. So he'll go through his whole conferral and then the first candidate will wait in the North, in the Northeast corner. The second candidate had nothing to do with that experience right there. He then enters the lodge room. He goes through his own conferral. He then goes to the Northeast corner. At that point in time, then we'll do the entered apprentice lecture. And they both are students of the, of the lecture at that point in time. As are also some of the other EAs that come from the district to you know to hear the lecture again. We have a great uh, uh, entered apprentice lecturer, uh, Joseph Marl, he does an awesome job on the first degree lecture. So, um, we had, I think the question came up about our day of multiple master masons. (laughs) That was a little bit different. Um, and each one of those guys had worked for months on not only their proficiency, they did their full posting lecture. They did, um, they, they had read all their books. They had done other interview. Um, they had met with the lodge, like everybody was comfortable with moving that up. And we and we said to them, you guys have had this shared experience of sort of, um, uh, you know, for the last six months between your fellow craft. And they they even waited an, a, a month longer so that the third one could finish his posting lecture because the three of them really wanted to go on the same day. They didn't go at the same time. They just went on the same day. They, so... So this wasn't, this wasn't rushed. I think there was an assumption that this was a rushed job, but not, not at all. These guys were fellow crafts for more than six months while they were working on their posting lecture and going through all of their other uh, catechism. We have a book that they read. Um, the, the uh, um, what book is that? So that's the, um, that's the, I have a copy of that. That's, that's the cloudy book. Where it, it we'll have break it up into EAFC and Master Mason, and we just order those three booklets separately. And then, not it's not called the, um, the the Masonic development program that he gets on Grandview. Got to go through all of that. There's quite a bit of work that they've got to do in our lodge before we're ready to move, you know move them up. But they all wanted to go the same day because these guys all uh, petitioned at the same time. And um, that, was, you know, that was their choice. And so we said, OK, the only way this is going to work in Verity is if one of you goes in the morning, one of you goes right before lunch, and then another one of you can come after lunch and do your degree. And then after all three of those are done, we'll do a lecture for all three of you, and then we'll have our agape afterwards. And so we did one all the way through, first part, second part, Took a break, we had a long break in, you know, about a half an hour break in between. Then the second guy came and he went through his chamber of reflection. And then we did the first part and the second part. If you guys know what I'm talking about with those two parts. And then we had um lunch for about an hour. And then we had the third guy come after lunch and we ran through those, you know, that whole thing. And when the whole day was done, we did one le- one lecture at the end. Now you see that, that
3: makes sense as opposed to the, like up here, the stand that I've, I've actually done. We did recently one where we had three guys go through at the same time. Yeah. And it it was a word I can't use on YouTube show. Yeah. Buster. You can
1: say the first part of it. The shit show.
2: (laughs) I was, I was one of those guys. I was one of those candidates when, when, when I went through my degrees, I went through with more than one candidate in that degree. And, you know, we all had to take turns like either putting our hand on the shoulder or we all came yeah. around the, you know, the, you know, the altar, you know, from different angles and, um, you know, they did what they did. But again, this was a lot of what he went into, like, we want to create the lodge that we wish that we were joining. So how do we do that? And a lot of us are actually now to the point where like, we didn't get to go to the chamber reflection. It wasn't our experience. We still want to create it. We still wanna, we, And every time we set it up, we spend some time in there. But it's, you know, um,
1: I will say in support of this, too, that uh, one, of those, one of those candidates is a listener of our show. It's so a little shout out to Dustin. Uh, uh, he he is a fan of the show, listens to the show. So hi, Dustin. Oh, I assume you'll, assume you'll hear this one. Uh, and But he came to me after hearing us comment about that. And he said, no. He said, I, and it was before. It wasn't prompted. We uh, He we said, no, we, we wanted to do that together. And we had kind of yeah. come through as a class, and and we really wanted to do that. So we, we could have done them different days, he said. We could have. We, have been... we wanted to he he wanted he and the other candidates wanted to do that together so that was neat that he that they all wanted to do that together
2: the other uh, you know we spend a lot of time in our lodge is probably when we say esoteric we probably spend a little bit of time talking a little bit, bit about the the alchemical transformation um and and then kind of where we see some parallels within the masonic ritual uh where where that kind of um sort of rears its head and maybe to the somebody that maybe might not be familiar with alchemy might not even recognize that they might just gloss right over it but for someone who's had some conversation about that like you know there it is right there so um from our standpoint you know we reflect these alchemical illusions mostly in the chamber of reflection that's what they're seeing it and that's why we decided to go from one to all three and that's you know kind of ultimately, and that and the and the and we had to sit down and go, okay, well, we're not just going to run the same chamber reflection on all three, what's going to change about these? And so, we came up with these core elements that we have within the chamber reflection, and now, like, how are we trading those out, and what are they seeing before the fellow craft degree, and then what do they see before the master mason degree? And again, there's no intention for them to really understand although by the time they're kind of hitting their fellow craft and their master Mason they you know they, they 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 don't really understand what they're looking at but they but they but they know some of these things like why they're in there and so they're starting to contemplate on that uh, which is cool because they talk about it in our agape after the degree and they ask questions about that and' so way you know it's one of those things that will will reveal it there too all right thanks so I'll just mention for all the uh, brothers that are interested in meeting Andrew, uh, he will be visiting Verity Lodge Number 59 in Kent, Washington on March 15th at our stated meeting, which is at 7.30 p.m. Uh, come at 6.30, enjoy our dinner, $25 a person, a fantastic meal, and meet Andrew and and listen to his uh, presentation at our stated meeting. Love to have you there.
1: And do you have a website, Zane? Do you need to get tickets or anything ahead of time for a supper?
2: Yeah. Uh, no you can actually pay at the door you can uh paypal us at verity59 at at hotmail.com okay and it's 25 for for dinner but you can you can pay at the door too if you want to
1: be their information on your website as well at verity59.com
2: it's uh probably the place to go is actually on facebook and find us at verity59 we'll have that out there
1: well
0: i think unfortunately we're we're out of time again so uh on behalf of of Jared and, and David in the absence, Stephen and myself, thank you Zane for, for coming on the show again. We appreciate having you here.
2: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: It's always fun. And we look forward to talking to you all next time on the working tools podcast. Goodbye.